0: All right, all right. Day one hundred and eighty-one. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith, and remember, this is a podcast, so we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves all right so uh we're still in the book of Isaiah and remember uh, just to recap a little bit Isaiah is this fifth gospel it is this very 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 important book in the Bible right you want to understand the New Testament you need to understand Isaiah you need to spend time in Isaiah and so much it'll be like scales falling off your eyes <laughs> when you read the New Testament and so in this particular part of um, Isaiah Isaiah 33 to, uh, 36 we're still well in thirty three, we're still in the woe oracles, right? So God is giving these woe oracles, and then this final woe oracle, this oracle of judgment, it has the connotation, many have said, of a funeral procession, right? It is not a happy <laughs> uh event. This final woe oracle is against Assyria, right? So it says this in the text it says, Woe, you destroyer, never destroy, you traitor, never betray. When you have finished destroying, you will be destroyed. When you have finished betraying, they will betray you you in other words the Lord is speaking to Assyria now remember God is the God of Israel but he is also the God of the universe he is not just a tribal deity that is relocated or or, or allocated to a, a specific geographical region but he is the God of the nation so he can talk to them too he can talk spicy to them too so the nation that came and took Israel the northern kingdom into captivity is the one he's addressing in Syria. And what God is saying here is like, no, no, no. y'all will get y'all's turn as well. Listen, y'all will get a taste of your own medicine. And Isaiah knows the just character of God. And he cries out to him with a Psalm-esque appeal. He got a little Psalm flavor to it in verse two, right? And from there he goes on and on, asking the Lord to save those who wait on them, to save those who remain faithful to him in spite of the Assyrian, invasion and listen confidence and deep faith in God listen doesn't dumb down or ignore the sharp edges of reality let me just say that confidence and deep faith in God doesn't ignore that things are tough it doesn't ignore reality but it just hopes in God in spite of the difficult sharp reality that you're facing right that distinction needs to be remember we're not asking you to dumb down what you're actually going through we're just asking you and calling on you the bible is calling on you specifically to hope in god in the midst of what you're going through and look what he says he says the lord is exalted for he dwells on high he has filled zion with justice and righteousness there will be times of security for you a storehouse of salvation wisdom and knowledge to fear the lord is zion's treasure right he says no no. i have confidence in the lord and his promises lord you are lifted up lord you are just lord you are righteous lord i know what you said i know i know there will be a storehouse of salvation wisdom and knowledge and the the idea here is this contrast it's not on the surface of the text but it's just it's this contrast that no no the people of god their treasure right our treasure is god himself It's it's found in God and in fearing God. The nations around Israel's, their treasure came from defeating their enemies and taking spoils of war. Right. But he said, no, no, our treasure is in you. And he just is very clear once again about the reality of what's going on in their nation. In verse seven through nine he'll be clear about that he speaks of people uh crying in the streets right the the disregard for life the mourning of people right he's just making observations but he still hopes right and only listen only a person fam that has been infected by the goodness of god's power and the power of god's goodness can do such a thing right and our prayer Should be today that God that you would infect us with a serious uh, 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 resolve and um, belief in the goodness of your power and the power of your goodness. And all this leads to Isaiah saying in verse 17. He's like, no, 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 regardless of what the world looks like, regardless of the state of our nation, regardless of how the church looks, regardless of how many scandals, like regardless of all of the problems we're seeing, the hope for me, based on what God has said, is that I know that I will see the king in his beauty. I love 2217. No, no. There's this beautiful king that has captivated my soul so much so that my hope is. Is that even in the midst of everything i'm going through that i'm going to see him i'm going to see god himself the king here in verse 22 is god himself that was israel's hope right that the coming restoration would be the coming of their great king right isaiah 34 comes and he goes on and on he continues to talk about the nations how god will set unjust nations apart for destruction and then also edom he uses edom here as this representative example of what will happen to all the nations so edom here represents all the nations so verse 8 says it like this this is what's going what's, what's, uh, what's to happen for the lord has a day of vengeance a time of paying back edom for its hostility against zion the nations in other words receiving god's judgment aren't doing so only because they are unjust and ungodly but even more so because they have imposed their ungodliness and injustice here onto god's people and this idea once again that god fights for his people he has a day of vengeance he will repay and this is good news for us who have felt the sharp wounds of social reality who have felt oppression who have felt injustice who have felt not hearing our case heard god will come through he has all listen he's done it before fam (laughs) like he he ain't finna just do it in the future for the first time like yo maybe i'm finna try this out no no no. he's done this over and over again he has vindicated his people he has championed their cause and it's so beautiful because 35 is gonna be it's gonna bleed into 35 this beautiful chapter um and so it's so hard too because uh the chapters divisions in the bible are uh very much arbitrary very much a later edition for reference in the middle ages that's a whole nother podcast but um like if you read it together it flows so beautiful so 35 comes um and it caps off uh this 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 area this section and it talks about the ransomed of the Lord returning to Zion, right? Those the Lord had redeemed, saved, and purchased will will return back home after the onslaught of their enemies, right? And this, in their time, was understood as salvation, right? This was this was understood as being saved, <laughs> right? So he says, "Yo, the wilderness and the dry land will be glad; the desert will rejoice and blossom like a wildflower." Uh, flower <laughs> it will blossom abundantly and it and will also rejoice the joy in singing the glory of Lebanon will be given to it the splendor of Carmel and Sharon they will see the glory of the Lord the splendor of our God in other words this salvation he speaks of and we'll get into this more later in the second half of the book um, but but it's spoken of as this second Exodus right so remember after they Israel came out of um Egypt they went to the wilderness right so he presents the wilderness Right. The, the, the pathway that Israel used to come into the promised land. Right. That's a whole book of numbers. Now it's being transformed itself. Right. And, the, and, and, and here it says they will also see the glory of the Lord. Right. Remember that at the end of Exodus, the glory of the Lord came and filled the tabernacle. And so he says all this is going to happen. And and one, one may ask, one may hear all this and say, how do we know? Right. An ancient Israelite, No, no, no. How do we know that all this is actually taking place before us? And notice what he says. He says, the eyes, in verse 35, the eyes of the blind will be open. The lame will leap like a deer. Now, it's interesting. It's so interesting what, what what he says here in 35. You know, the eyes of the blind being open. The ears of the deaf being unstopped. The lame leaping like a deer, right? The tongue of the mute will sing for joy. All these good things. Um. You, you turn to Matthew chapter 11. And in Matthew chapter 11, I love the Bible. It's so amazing. Matthew chapter 11, fam. John the Baptist is locked up He got hemmed up right? Caught a bed <laughs> And he catches this bed And he, he's like yo man He sends some cats He says yo man go to this cat Jesus And say man listen bro Life is tough Like are you the one to come Or should we be looking for somebody else Right are, are you that really that guy Cause, cause it, it don't feel like it My circumstances say otherwise Are you really that guy and you know what Jesus says? Oh, my God. Verse four of Matthew chapter 11. It says, Jesus replied to them, go and report to John, which you hear and see. I love it. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised and the poor are told the good news. And blessed is the one who isn't offended by me. What Jesus does is he takes Isaiah 35, fam. He takes Isaiah 35 and applies it to himself. He says, "No, no, no. The thing that God had promised, the end time salvation, kingdom coming through a Davidic king, is now. This new Exodus that Fat Cat's been waiting on from Isaiah is taking place in me. I am the Messiah that is doing that. The, the, the one that is doing these works and testifying to my kingship. And so Jesus says, "No, no, no. These things are actually fulfilled in me, right? He is." the one (laughs) no no he is the one to come and it's so amazing that 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 he takes this text and um it applies it to himself but the good thing is the good news for us is that this text applies to us too Right? If you're listening to this today and you've placed faith in Christ, these verses include you. You have seen God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ, according to Paul in 2 Corinthians. Your, your blind eyes have been opened to see the beauty and splendor of the Messiah. You who were once spiritually incapacitated and lame have become able to serve him with your physical body and your gifts. Even if it doesn't feel like it, you are also journeying toward zion as the people of god here you are journeying toward the heavenly zion with your brothers and sisters in the faith and this is a reason to give the lord praise the praise he is due today so good so good so amazing gets me going isaiah 36 last chapter of this bunch and man, Isaiah 36 changes the scene a bit. So what happens here is 36 to 39 of Isaiah is going to be this uh, small uh, scene of, uh, of, of a guy named Hezekiah's life. Right. His name is Hezekiah, king of Judah. We read about him in first and second Kings. Uh, um, and we also read about him in um, in, in Chronicles. Uh, so. What happens here is this the setting is 701 BC right really really long time ago 20 years earlier than this Assyria took the northern kingdom of Israel into exile now they back greedy they greedy for more they want more right so they come to the southern kingdom of Judah Hezekiah is king and are trying to force Judah the southern kingdom to surrender right so the king of Assyria at the time, his name is Sennacherib. Sennacherib sends a royal spokesperson, basically, to try and talk Judah into throwing in the towel. Right? It's like, no, no, no. I, like we're different, and I want y'all to throw in the towel. If you want to see uh, more of of how this t- uh, plays out, go read Second Kings eighteen through twenty. All he is trying to do in this chapter, Isaiah, is show that Assyria wanted to get Israel to abandon their trust in Yahweh. And one of the ways you know you are dealing with an enemy or the enemy in this life is that he wants you to abandon your reliance and trust upon God himself, right? Upon God. And Look at verse 7 He says Suppose you say to me We rely on the Lord Our God This is the spokesperson speaking Isn't he the ones Whose high places and altars Hezekiah has removed Saying to Judah and Jerusalem You are to worship At this altar You ever listen to somebody And you're like Oh no no You don't know nothing Like you 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 have no idea What you're talking about Like you really Just don't have a clue fam He the, The spokesperson Doesn't understand judah's worship worship situation and he clearly as he continues to try to imitate uh, intimidate god's people and ask for they surrender he clearly does not understand that god right he, he he tries to to pit the king of assyria against the king of judah and He uses the defeat of the other nations fam to provide the evidence and show off the resume of the kingdom of Assyria but what he fails to realize is that he is not just coming up against the kingdom of Israel he is not just coming up against the kingdom of Hezekiah he is coming up against the kingdom of the true and living God and God is so incomparable he can't be rival and he has no equals so therefore the military might that was used to defeat them the other nations will not and cannot be used to defeat him because the fight to fight against god's people is to fight against god himself and so this text is not going to show us the end we got to wait to the next episode but but i just want to encourage you today that nothing in this world no created thing can come against and stop the creator nothing and if you belong to the creator then nothing can stop you Nothing can stop you, right? And what I mean by that is that nothing can stop you from staying and remaining faithful to the Lord, right? Nothing can stop us because we have a God that can't be stopped. Let's pray. Father, we ask for your grace today to believe your word. Father, we pray that we remember that you have no rivals. You have no equals, You are the incomparable. God, it's in Jesus Christ's name.